Hello everybody, this is Chris from CSS Tricks with video screencast number 23 where the subject this week is going to be conditional style sheets and specifically conditional style sheets for Internet Explorer. Uh, you know, as we know, as we've traversed a million times on the blog and even a bit in these screencasts, that Internet Explorer, uh, especially version 6 and lower, have some pretty serious problems with the way they render things from the box model to weird bugs like the double float bug and stuff like that. But for all Internet Explorer's faults, one thing that's cool that it does is allow you to set up style CSS rules that are that are only target that browser and no other browsers. So you can actually fix a lot of bugs by using conditional style sheets. It's a totally valid. It's not a hack. It's a way to just target uh, the styling of that browser. You can't do that with Firefox and Safari, not for they don't have a way to do that. Sometimes I wish they did, but uh, such is life. So we're going to get into looking at a layout that has some problems in IE6 and fixing them. So. Uh, but before we get started doing that, let me show you our sponsor for this week, and that is Flipping Book, or PageFlip.com. You can check them out at the web at page-flip.com. Uh, the title of their product is called Flipping Book, you can see up here, and it's... <clears throat> It's a it's a flash based thing. Uh, the, I, before I even try to describe what it does, you know, <clears throat> this is a screencast. Why don't we just take a look at some of the demos uh, that they provide? We'll start the demos. Really cool, really cool. Check this out. It's like a these things are graphics, and they come in flash. But the real beauty of these things, you can grab this corner and just see how smoothly you can just flip through these pages. It's like it's like you're grabbing and flipping through a real magazine just in how it looks and feels. You can create these awesome designs and present them in one of the coolest ways you could ever see uh, online. You know, you can do so much cool stuff with, with jQuery and JavaScript and CSS these days and we do a lot of that cool stuff but you can't do anything quite like this, you know? I mean this is just really so dynamic and cool that uh, it's just it's kind of amazing what they can do. Uh, it's kind of like a cool way to present anything, a, a book or documentation or a, uh, a portfolio, for example. Really cool. I mean, their demos are just slick. So they sell it in a couple of different ways. They can sell it as a Flash component, which is a way uh, that you can add this to Flash so you can uh, make the pages in there Flash objects. And it's just like if you're already good at Flash and want to use this type of thing, you, you would buy that and... Uh, and can uh, uh, get working in Flash with this thing, or if you don't want to, if you don't even have Flash, or don't know anything about Flash, they sell it as just an SWF object, and you can control most all of the features of this thing uh, without even needing Flash. You can control the whole thing with these uh, editable uh, an XML file for controlling all the the variables and stuff. So, uh, just to show you how easy it is to design, I just threw up uh, one of the demos that you get when you download this thing right on one of my domains. Uh, it was very easy to install. This latest version has uh, cool things like uh, wide pages, so you're not limited to just the left and right side of the page. You can spread all the way across it as a spread, uh, and you can literally have buttons and interactable objects in here. Uh, pages that are smaller than both the page, and just regular pages, of course, and these have covers. So pretty cool, really easy way to do that. You can actually just click these corners too. I just think it's a it's a beautiful way. So let's just take a look quick at um, 
this is a kind of if you buy the SWF object version of it, both of them are about about um, what are they twenty five pounds? So they're about fifty U.S. dollars each. Pretty reasonable. And this is how you can control it. All these variables. It's just a you know these are the pages that it links to and speed and color and background and size and behavior and all that stuff is editable with an XML file. So that's really easy. And lots more that I'm not even showing you here. Just one more quick example is this zooming example that comes with it. Check out how cool this is, you know. Just a way to zoom in and out on a book and, and pan around for reading for something like documentation. So pretty slick. Check them out at page-flip.com. So let's check out this conditional style sheets thing. I have a folder for our project here, like we always do, and a single HTML file inside of there. Uh, we can open that up in TextMate here, so you can take a look. Um, <clears throat> simple stuff, as always, page declaration, title, content type, and we have our styling inline this time, which is just, you know, normally we link to an external CSS file, which is usually good form, but just for the sake of example here, all the styling for this is right in this HTML file. Uh, just a reset and some obvious stuff here. Uh, you know, we don't need to look too close here, but the point is we have a page wrap um, that's about 500 pixels wide here, or is 500 pixels wide. We have a main content inside of that and a sidebar. So let's look at what it looks like in Firefox. I got Firefox 3 going here, incidentally. Uh, and this is what this page looks like. It's a, you know, a white <clears throat> white page wrap and everything else, uh, the, the background and the sidebar of that gray and the body has a value of gray. So that's the layout that we're working with. And so let's do a little testing. I have this program called IE Tester. I run VMware on my Mac, so I can almost specifically just to run this program. Oh, there it is. Okay, so the real awesomeness of this program is you can just say get a new tab, and I can open a tab for IE 5.5, for IE 6, IE 7, and all the way up to even the beta version of IE 8. So I can do my Internet Explorer testing all in one place. Very powerful, very cool. So I can just go ahead and drag this index file right on here and take a look at what it's doing in IE 6. Wow, you'll notice there's a lot of things wrong. The uh, you can see the title right away is too big. You can see, hey, where's the sidebar? It looks like it got uh, kicked down below. Uh, some serious problems here. Look at how uh, in, in Firefox this is lined up, the, the, um, the H1 here and the, and the main column content. And here it's ajar a little bit. So big problems in IE6. And how do we solve these things? Well, there's a variety of ways to solve it. But one of those ways is to write some conditional style sheet action in our uh, in our HTML file here so how do we go ahead and do that we do it in the same way up in the header but you basically use some uh, HTML commenting to do it so the the syntax of it is uh, much like regular HTML comments only within these brackets here you can say if for example less than IE7 and then a, a closing brace here and we close it just like this and if so that's the structure of a conditional style sheet you could even uh, this is this is saying if if the browser is less than 
version IE or version 7 of IE. So basically IE 6 and below. I could say less than or equal to IE 7, that would be IE 7 and below. I could say uh, just simply if Internet Explorer. So any Internet Explorer would get these rules, but uh, what we're trying to do here is uh, the reason we're going less than 7 is, look at if I, if I pop open a new tab in 7 and drag our HTML file over here. Uh, well, okay, the, 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 the H1 tag is still way too big. The font size is drastically different there, but, uh, but the layout is okay. So for the styling information that we're going to write for 6, we're going to use this less than IE7 thing. So, and then we can copy uh, the style structure that we've already got in place here. And this is where we can begin to target things just for IE6. So just for, oops, just for illustration here, we could do something like body. Uh, we'll give it a background red color and save it. And uh, drag it over here so you can see, wow, look at that. I'm able to, now in, in IE6, the background is red, but I can go up here and refresh. And even though that styling information is there, it's not targeting Firefox, so it's not red in Firefox. So uh, e even in, in IE7, if I drag this over here, it's not. It's just just IE6, and it would do it in 5.5 too, but there's some quirks with 5.5 in this IE tester program. So I can't show you that, but... Um, but you get the point here. I can do anything I want, and I'll just target IE6 in this case here. So uh, let's fix these bugs. So the problem is there's well there's a, there's a bunch of problems, but we're going to go ahead and try and tackle the uh, the sidebar thing right away. Why the sidebar is getting kicked down? Because that seems to be a pretty common thing of, of the people complain about. And the, the the root cause of this thing is the IE6 box model. When IE is outside of its standards compliance mode, which is fairly often, it renders boxes uh, in a bit of a different way. Well, there's actually a couple things going on, but uh, basically, the sidebar has a width here of 130 pixels and a padding value applied to it. Generally, you just don't do this. It's just bad form to apply both the width, width and padding just for the sake of IE6 because uh, IE6 will render this box at 130 pixels and not add the padding to that width which screws up layouts and stuff but um, what's really the problem here is the fact that it's floated to the right and it has right margin when you just declare one pixel value for margin that means that 10 pixels be is being applied all around this whole thing <laughs> and meaning it has right margin as well and IE6 doubles the margin. If you have if you have a float right and right margin, it will double that right value. So what we need to do here is uh, write some new styling just for IE that uh, that halves that that right padding so that it can go ahead and double it and we're still cool. So that's one way to handle this. In order to do that, we can go uh, 10 pixels. 5 pixels, 10 pixels, 10 pixels, and save it. And looks like in the main content we have a, a margin value here, uh, and it's floated to the left. So it's the same exact problem that we can fix in the same way, only opposite. We'll say margin 
10 pixels, 10 pixels, <clears throat> 10 pixels, 5 pixels. So the ones that we have here, this is the, the left value and this is the right value. And that's just how that goes. Let's hide this quick and drag this back over into IE. And we can see that our background that we got rid of is back to normal. And our, our layout is back to normal here. And that double margin bug that was causing this to be not lined up and to pushing that sidebar down has been resolved. So very cool. So there's an important point to think about as you're doing this. And that is that you're... Um, you know, you're kind of breaking the style. You have your you have your styles for most of the main, the, the, the standards compliant browsers, and then you have little fixes and stuff for IE6. You, do, you don't want to write a whole new style sheet. Uh, you know, if you have some problems with IE6, you don't want to just like copy this whole thing and paste it down in here and fix it. That's just, it's too much overlap. It's going to start getting confusing. You want to keep this stuff as minimal as possible. Notice in the sidebar, I didn't copy this whole thing and paste it down here and, and change what I needed to because that's going to make troubleshooting later even even more difficult. So only change those values that you need. So for and, and it gets even this gets a little confusing because uh, you know for example we have this problem here with this font size being way too big. So we might be tempted to come into our uh, style sheet that we have for browser less than i7 and set that font font size down here and knock it down a little bit uh, to get it to match and that would work but that's the problem isn't that's not what we're facing here the, the problem is that was we never declared a real font size value for our h1 tags uh, and that's a problem because uh, Firefox is and, and Internet Explorer have different default values that they're applying there and it's just uh, you know we don't we don't have a very hardcore reset going on here, so it's it's causing those different values. So if that was set, like we'll go ahead and do it here. Font size is 2.0 m, and shoot back into Firefox and resize. It's not going to change anything because that is the default value for an H1 tag. But now if we come back to our IE tester and reload here. Now that it has that value, it's <laughs> it's it's okay. So the the moral of the story here is that I didn't I, I changed the the root CSS here. I changed it at the value that affects all browsers, not at the value that affects just the specific browser. So that was my bad and something that should be fixed on a global level and not a browser specific level. So. You know, if you have a little problem in IE, you know, you might want to try and solve it um, at the root style sheet level first. And if you can't solve it, then you, you go the conditional style sheet root. So, what other kind of things are pretty common that you need conditional style sheets for? Well, it's just kind of little things. Like, so I find that at really small font sizes on in in Firefox and on a Mac, a lot of times. Uh, Arial looks better at small font sizes than, than Helvetica does. It can get smaller without getting uh, weird and pixely. Whereas on, a, on, a, uh, on IE, it's different, and that Helvetica looks better at smaller font sizes. Uh, sometimes, you know, it just kind of depends. That's one of the things. Sometimes I'll swap sw swap out a font like that. Uh, sometimes uh, uh, absolute positioning and relative positioning and bumping stuff around, I'll see a, a little 
a few pixel differences and I'll change those values in a conditional style sheet or that uh, some kind of weird top padding value or I'm trying to do some fancy layout thing. Uh, sometimes I'll use a conditional style sheet for that. So something, you, you know, it's it's really common these days to see these things and they're, they're like I said earlier, they're, they're not hacks. This is a valid thing and and uh, it's a way to fix up your sites in IE without having to uh, uh, worry about doing something that something down the line is going to break. It's not going to break because it's not a hack. So, uh, so good luck with your conditional style sheets. And then I always like to mention at the end that you can come to css-tricks.com throughout the week for more. Uh-oh. CSS tricks. <laughs> Com. It's a blog with all kinds of articles throughout the week on different tips and stuff and, and, and tutorials on how to do stuff. There's forums for getting help. There's downloads of stuff. You can view the archive of these videos. And I'd like to mention our sponsor every week is PSD2HTML, who will take your Photoshop designs, your Photoshop layouts, no matter how simple or complicated, and convert them into an XHTML and CSS website. Standards compliant, you can, there's different price levels of, of, of just how strict of a, of a level you want them to, to go with it. Um, very reasonable. They're the number one company doing this in the business. They do it quick. They do it in eight hours. They'll do it for WordPress, Joomla, CubeCard, all kinds of uh, different, there's a huge list of different uh, content management systems and e-commerce sites and stuff they'll do this for or they'll just do it for a static site so yeah they do it quick they do it to your specifications uh, and, and they're good at what they do so if you're in the need of a Photoshop document quickly converted into a real website check out psd2html.com until next time see you later bye